small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Kyle Dotson. Kyle joining us tonight. It's another one of our listener series episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know where this person came in from, but we're going to find out in a minute as we welcome to the microphone, Carly Anderson. How are you doing, Carly? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me tonight. So Carly, oh, let me say this before you, I know you already started to talk, Carly, but hold on. Mm-hmm. I want to tell people that we've been talking about getting these Fethead preamps for the mm-hmm. microphones. They, they arrived at my house today and we're using them right now. Yeah. So let me tell you something. Normally the gain on our mixing board was turned up to 10 the yeah. whole way. These go to 11. <laughs> Tonight with these fed heads, it begins up to about what? Three. Yeah. Maybe less, maybe less. So these things are working. So this is the fed head high end inline microphone preamp. This is the, this is from the user guide what I have in front mm-hmm. of here. And it's a, the general description is the Fedhead is an ultra low noise, high quality inline microphone preamplifier. It provides, provides improved sound for ribbon and dynamic microphones. And that's what these are. These are ribbon microphones, mm-hmm. the Shure SM7B. This company didn't even ask me, they didn't say anything. They're just like, yeah, I'll send you those. Like they didn't say like, yeah. you got to mention us for 16 weeks. We didn't write up any copy. We didn't do anything. So I'll, I'll have to work on that, but we are, we are using them tonight. So, uh, the ASAP club will be hearing this and then everyone mm-hmm. else won't know until January 24th. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. 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 Okay. Carly Anderson. Hello. Hello. Where did you come in from? I came in from Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. Do you ski? No. Do were you born and raised in Denver? No. What took you to Denver? Uh, let's see, uh, son, because I'm originally from a small town in Ohio. Okay. Mm-hmm. That uh, sounds quite a bit like your area of origin. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. So, sunshine and <laughs> uh, happy folks. Uh, so I've been there since the mid-90s. So I love it there. And did you meet your husband there or did you move there together? I met my husband there. Look at that. See, mm-hmm. that's like me. I met my wife in California. So see, this, mm-hmm. is, this is where it's at. It is where it's at. The sunny places. And you told us uh, before we started that you have three kids. Yes. Throughout those ages one more time. 12, 10, and 3. 12, 10, and 3. And I guessed exactly why there was a gap between that second and third mm-hmm. baby is because they had a girl, a girl, and then they like go, oh, we want a boy. And so they went for it and scored. Yes. <laughs> That's right. We got, yeah, we got uh, the, full, the full thing. So now we've got the family of five. Did you, uh, and you didn't wait till uh, he was here to find out the sex, right? You've, oh, no, no, no. But some people do that. Yeah. Yeah. Luckily, you didn't have to go, Ugh, another girl. <laughs> well, I'm not going, I'm not having four. So this is it. Uh, so is he, how old is he right now? He's three. Three, that's right. I just said that, didn't I? <laughs> yep. So stupid. Um, three years old, he must be just spoiled. Uh, well, With yeah. love. He's spoiled with love. With yeah. love. That's right. That's so great. Yeah. Uh, so what are you in town for? You're in town for business. 
I am in town for, well, I'm in town for business, but I'm thrilled and psyched to do this. Well, of course. Because I'm a big fan, but uh, business brings me to town. So there's a there's a convention of people that sit on public company boards of directors, mm-hmm. and I'm attending that tomorrow, so. All right, cool. Yeah. Who do you work for? Can you tell us, or do you want to talk about that? Oh, no, I can. Um, I'm in the mining business, so I work for, um, I actually sit on boards of public companies mm-hmm. that um, are in the mining industry, so. Um, Coal mining. I, no, battery materials. Okay. So graphite, lithium, and also gold and silver. Oh, nice. Yeah. So. That's cool. Is it, no you, cool how long have you done that job? I've been in the business for almost 20 years. You must like it. I hope you say you like it. It takes me all over the world. So that's very exciting. Very interesting. What's there's the, a lot of dudes. That's what, the one. There's a lot of dudes. Yeah. You know, um, but um, it's it's really been interesting and exciting. What You know, living in Denver at the time um, in the mid 90s, there was um, not a lot of different industries to go into. And that was a good one. And it's been good to me. And how are the dudes? Are they good? <laughs> or, are yeah. they, or are they douchey? Well, you know, I think the higher up you get, the less douchey they are in front of you. All right. Yeah, so okay. you okay. can work your way out of that. Um, so what's the furthest that this job has taken you, travel-wise? In January, I went to Ghana in West Africa. I, you, I didn't even know what that was. <laughs> <laughs> what was that, and how long were you gone? I was there for a week. Visiting mines and uh, driving around because they had no in-country flights. Everything was kind of fogged in. It's kind of like San Francisco mm-hmm. type weather. And you, I think, had dropped that Genesis episode, which I was so thankful it was on my laptop because <laughs> I probably listened to it three times. Oh my god! <laughs> the um, yeah, Carly sent us a really nice um, or sent me a nice email that said that she really likes the ASAP Club because when she has to travel and she's away from uh, her family, it it helps with the travel, and yeah. that's good. I'm glad. No, it is. It's nice because if you have a podcast that you listen to regularly, the, the voices become familiar. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes kind of comforting when mm-hmm. you're um, in the middle of nowhere with no service, which happens to me yeah, a lot. Like I I've bet. been to Yukon and the British Columbia and West Africa and South America. It's nice to hear familiar voices. Excellent. So it's, it's almost like I was in Africa. Oh. I, feel <laughs> like I, I feel like I was. Uh, so your husband must be very uh, capable of handling the children on his own if you travel. He is. Yeah. He has a very interesting occupation. Can you talk about that? I, I can. He's a fencing coach. Wow. Oh, I took fencing for a year. Did you really? Yeah, well, I was in seventh grade. See. And how did that go? Well, you don't do it anymore, so you it, must have been terrible. It went well, it was it was fun. <laughs> I did saber. That was the best. All right. Cool. It's pretty good. And yeah. is he is, good. is he a private fencing coach? He is. We own the Denver Fencing Center, so it is. What, what one of the, the heck? Yeah, I know. That's a lot different from just a fencing coach. You own <laughs> the Denver Fencing Center. We do. Congratulations on that well, endeavor. Thank you. Thank you. Does, was he like? Did he do it in the Olympics, or like, or, or is he like a coach for Olympians or anything like that? He was an All American in college. Okay, cool. Yeah. So he was pretty good. Yeah. And um, yeah, we we opened it 15 years ago, and he's been running it ever since. That's it's, a very unique thing. I mean, like yeah. if you would have said he's a tennis coach, or you know, that, you know, people get their heads around that. But yeah, yeah that's pretty unique. Yeah, a lot very of swords cool. around the house. Do the kid, yeah. do the kids uh, do the kids have any interest in it? Uh, one does. Mm-hmm. One has completely rejected it as expected. <laughs> of course. And uh, of course. yeah, and the little the three, guy is named th- after the Three Musketeers. His name is Aramis. So we're hoping, if not, everybody's going to ask him his entire life if he fences or not. His name is really Aramis. It is. It's so funny because when I and you're not going to believe that I say this, but I'm going to tell you this. When I was a uh, when I was young, 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 I loved the Three Musketeers, and I always said if I had a son, I would name him D'Artagnan. That's really cool. But that never happened. And had I had a son, I, I, I wouldn't have because I had grown out of the Three Musketeers by then. But <laughs> Aramis, that's really cool. 
yeah, my husband's actually had a couple students over the years named D'Artagnan, so that's why we took it off the list. So it was either Porto okay. or Aramis after that, but D'Artagnan is the coolest of the three, probably. Is, did I say it wrong? You're saying D'Artagnan. D'Artagnan is probably the correct. D'Artagnan. Okay, yeah. okay. D'Artagnan in French, yeah. All right, excellent. Well, Carly, I'm so glad you're here. Likewise. You, uh, I'm glad to be here. This, this is where we do it. This is yep. the studio. That's the logo. That's Kyle. What, uh, how did you find our show? I always ask people this. I was uh, jet lagged and in, um, on a business trip. Mm -hmm. I was looking for YouTube podcasts because that's my number one. And I found the Marie and you um, doing YouTube. Okay. I stayed up all night listening to it because it was so good. <laughs> well, and thank you. You're welcome. And I couldn't sleep. And um, I subscribed immediately after. I listened to that one. I think I listened to the REM episode after that too. So those were, those were the two that were kind of the hook. Nice. That's usually what happens is people are, are Googling uh, and if, if we've done a band or, we've, done, or mm -hmm. we've had an artist on, then that's how they find it. I've been tagging the hell out of episodes lately so that, yeah. so that we're... Get that SEO. What's SEO mean? Search engine optimization. Ooh, wow. Look at you, youngster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so where are you staying downtown? Uh, the LA Athletic Club. Is it nice? It is nice. It has a great gym. So it's a good spot. And also, you, it's got a good spot. It's got a good, uh, good gym and a good bar. So what more could you want? Okay. Yeah. And uh, you already informed us that you had a drink, cocktail before you got here? I pre-gamed before I got here because there was going to be a huge studio audience and I was nervous. <laughs> and then you Ubered or Lyft? Which one? I lifted. Lifted. Good job. Okay. So you threw out a couple of topics and I said, and I said well, it's your choice. Whatever you want to do is what we'll do. That's how it goes here. I don't, uh, I, I don't choose. I want, the, I want the person who comes here to choose. So you chose. You want to tell everyone what our topic is for the night? They already know because they've read it. <laughs> but introduce it like they don't know. It's the replacements. The replacements. Now, who's in this band? We got Paul Westerberg, Tommy Stinson, and a couple other guys. A couple other guys <laughs> rotates a bit. But at the beginning, at least, it's, um, they've got Chris Mars and they've got Bob Stinson as well. There you go. And... Um, now, everyone has been asking uh, me to do a replacements episode. I'll give you a do replacements episode. You got to do replacements episode. So many, many months ago, I finally, I, it was on Amazon. I think there was a, a box set of all the, all, all the albums. So, and it, was, it wasn't expensive at all. I'm like, okay, I'll get this, and then, I'll, and then I'll, get, I'll listen to these so we can figure this out. So I'm glad that you picked this because now people are going to get their fill of the replacements. Are you an expert on the replacements? I would say I am, I'm pretty solid on the replacements. I'm pretty good, I, I'm pretty good on them. I don't know if I'm a complete expert. I read the entire book, Trouble Boys, okay. which is the complete history of the replacements, uh, which I actually have in my bag here. So I think that's pretty close, but it is a band that has been written about extensively. So I will do my best. And they're pretty much an 80s band. I mean, the albums came out in 81, 83, 84, 85, 87, 89, and then one in the 90s. But pretty much for that decade, that's their decade. They're solid in the 80s. And then yeah, and it's, it's interesting that the, you know, the biography of them is, you know, talks about how they, they kind of hit their stride kind of in the mid-80s, and by the 90s, you know, they had a sound, right? And yeah. the, you know, music had kind of moved on at that point, so they really were a band of, of that time frame. Yep. And uh, they really changed. The sound really changes. I yes. mean, it's, uh, it's straight-up punk with this first album. It is. It is with Sorry Ma. You know, Bob Stinson's influence was really significant in the first couple of records, and they had more of a punk sound. And then as his substance abuse issues uh, uh, accelerated, 
um, you know, I think it became more of a Paul band because Paul always wrote the songs yeah. for the most part. And, you know, Paul has definitely got more of an R&B and a country, um, I would say, interest over sure. the years. And so, yeah, the, the sound definitely evolved over time. And then producers got involved as well and put their own unique stamp on these records. Yeah, because these, uh, these first ep- records are on twin tone and they're kind of self-produced. Yeah, yeah. So um, let's get into, now you brought, you brought two songs from each album mm-hmm. and then you brought uh, an honorable mention. Yeah, you called it. Is that what you called it? Well, in case it we had overlap, like, I, we have, yes. I had an honorable mention because I, I think the the four middle middle records in their career are so good. There's no yeah. There's no bad song on them. And this first album, it's got uh, 18 songs, mm-hmm. and they are you know they're 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 like a you know a minute fifty, two minutes. They're just it's just it's yeah. Punk. The whole record is 36 minutes. The whole yeah, 36 <laughs> minutes for ni- uh, 18 songs. So you are the guest. So I'm going to let you, uh, now, did you discover the replacements like as soon as they came out or did you discover them after a while? Uh, I discovered them with the Please to Meet Me record. So right. uh, pretty much halfway through the career, maybe kind of toward the end, uh, read about them in Rolling Stone, um, you know, went out, bought the record, having never heard them before, mm-hmm. and then, you know, bought the catalog after that. So the punk records were uh, ones I picked up maybe a year or so into following the band. And when you start with uh, when you start with uh, the police to what was it called? Please to meet me. Please to meet me. When you start with please to meet me, and you're digging that sound, and then you pick up these early records, and and they're this punk. Were you like, wait a minute, this isn't even the same band because it totally sounds different. <laughs> it does, um, but there are elements, and in, in even those first two records, you can hear the future sound. And you know, the Clash is like like U two is my number one band, but the Clash is my number mm-hmm. two band. So I I love the punk records, but I can't tell you I listen to them as frequently as I do the later stuff. Gotcha. Okay, so from the 1981 album, Sorry Ma, Forgot to Take Out the Trash, what's your first song for us? I've got I'm in Trouble, which was one of the singles. Sounds great in the headphones, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I love listening to music in the headphones. What kind of headphones do you wear on the airplane when you're flying? I have Bose. They're actually in my bag. Do you have these or different ones? Are they noise canceling? They are noise canceling. I bet they're probably the same thing as these. They're not silver like yours. They're black? They're white. They're white? Mm-hmm. Fancy. All right. My first song off, sorry, Ma, forgot to take out the trash, is I went with the, the, the track that kicks off the album. Let's listen to Taking a Ride. Taking a ride in a hearse because he took too many pills from her purse. (laughs) So far, no crossover. No crossover. (laughs) 
What does, uh, does your husband listen to podcasts? No. What does he think of you doing this tonight? He thinks it's awesome. Um, he actually never listened to this band <laughs> until like last week when I made him listen you to You made this him band. listen to it? Yes. Do you guys have the same musical taste? Mm, not really. I mean, I, I like hip hop. He loves hip hop. That's his thing. So oh, that's pretty good though. I like it. He loves it. Yeah, it's, it's not like, like you too. He he always says, I like you too. I don't love them. Mm-hmm. So it's you know, it's a good, it's a balance. That is good. <laughs> uh okay. We're still in sorry, Ma, I forgot to take out the trash. What's your next song? I've got kick your door down. chance to see the replacements live yes i've seen them three times what year what years did you see them i saw them in 91 on the all shook down tour which mm. they called a traveling wake uh, but it was my only chance to see them when they were still together in yeah. their somewhat original form um and then i saw them at riot fest in 24 2013 when they reformed okay and um it's actually where the shirt's from that i'm wearing um and i saw them in 2015 uh when they briefly reformed before they said they were breaking up forever Wow, that's cool that you get to see that. <laughs> and how were they in those, those uh, reunion-type tours? Were they still great? Uh, the Riot Fest show was great. Uh, and I have to think that they were incentivized to not mess that one up because, you know, they had, if you read, if you read the biography of them, I mean, they just were, they would always fall apart um, whenever things, some, things were important. Shoot themselves in the foot. Uh, yeah, self-sabotage. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's story after story after story. So every time I went to see them, even in 91, I was always worried that it was going to be one of those terrible shows. But the two, I was fortunate. The first t- two times I saw them, they were terrific. And then that third time, um, they did what is, you know, described frequently as, you know, if the crowd is a little too into the show, they just want to throw all kinds of cold water on that. Aww. And so um, they did a show in 2015, and it was on it was on April 19th. So... I don't know that they realized that it was a it was a 420 show effectively, right? There's all kinds of bands that come to Denver that we yeah. 420, and it's kind of a circus. And so the crowd was totally amped up. Um, Teenage Bottle Rocket opened up, which is a pretty well known punk yeah. band, regional punk band, um, who came out and just started talking about this was a dream come true for them to open up the replacements. And I'm thinking, oh no, right? <laughs> They're just gonna like mess this up. And um, I was I was pregnant. I was in the GA. It was an all GA show. I had ignored my biorhythms to be able to stand in the front and not have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and they came out and they did um, three or four songs. And then they decided they were going to slow things down and do stuff from like Paul's solo work, which oh, was no. just going to totally ruin the vibe of the show. And I was so mad. I left. And was were, <laughs> I left the and show. was that the vibe of the whole crowd? Were they feeling like you? Like what's going on? Oh, no, everybody else was so excited to see them because they have so many people that came to the band mm-hmm. long after they had broken up. That's true. People were so excited to be there 
that no, I, I, I have to tell you, I had to, I had to part the crowd to get out of there at that point. Oh man. But lucky me, right? I'd seen him twice yeah. before. Good. So good on me. And if everybody else was willing to sit and listen to, you know, waitress in the sky, um, you know, extended version and, and, and sadly beautiful. And, um, some of the tracks from Paul Westerberg's solo albums, which are good, but yeah. not really why you're there. Um, well, you know, good on yeah. them. I'm surprised the band would agree to play Westerberg's solo stuff. Yeah, well, they, I think there's a reason why they ceased to exist. Yeah. I think they broke up forever after that. And then subsequent to that, um, Tommy Stinson went to do a new Bash and Pop record, and I did a pledge music. And Tommy Stinson was um, actually recorded a voicemail greeting that I uh, could use on my phone. Oh, that's I actually cool. paid for that. So I got to think Tommy Stinson must be a really like easygoing guy <laughs> after all this, right? I think that's what it's always like. Like one guy's the easygoing guy and the other guy's the, the knucklehead kind Paul of. Paul Westerberg records, the... a, records a phone message. He goes, hello? <laughs> hello? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> hello? And then he just hangs up. <laughs> and not, uh, knucklehead's the wrong word. Like, like just a, a tortured genius. Indeed. That was, that's what I should have said. Yeah. That's not the same as knucklehead. Completely different. Oh, you know, when, when Mo calls Larry a tortured genius? Yeah, yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah, you tortured genius? And he hits him with a wrench. Uh, okay, my next song, No Crossovers Yet. No so crossovers. We're, we're hearing a lot of this first album. Uh, Johnny's well, there are 18 songs to pick. Well, one, that's so. true. Johnny's going to die. because it sounds a little bit different from the other songs on the album. Yeah, it's got that distinctive bass line from 15-year-old Tommy Stinson. Yeah. Singing about, or not singing, playing to a song about Johnny Thunders. That's how old Stinson is on this album. He's 15? He's 15. That's insanity. Yeah, he, uh, he joined the band. I think he, was, I think he learned to play bass at 11 and joined the band at 13. And then, um, yeah, he was 15 when they cut this record. And in fact, um, their manager, who's the producer on the, on the record, uh, became Tommy's legal guardian within a year or two. That's pretty cool. It, well, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, good. I guess cool. I mean, I, mean, I have, cool a, that, I have I mean, a 13, I have an almost 13 year old. Right. I don't know if I could, I, I don't know if I would let her run off with a rock band. A la, almost famous. I thought maybe, maybe I thought maybe them. his, I thought maybe his home life was bad. And so that's why this oh. guy became his legal guardian. His I don't know that. His life was bad. Okay, so then that's good. So that's if probably good. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's Maybe what I was thinking. That. No, you're now, right. Now, is Bob Stinson older than him? Bob I Stinson's assume. the older one. Bob yeah. Stinson was six when this album came out. No. <laughs> they were like Hanson. <laughs> okay, so what's your honorable mention? Did we play it yet? Yeah, Johnny's Gonna Die was my honorable mention. Oh, okay, so that was the one crossover. So it's good that you brought the honorable mentions. That was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because in case there's a crossover, we're still, I just brought the whole album. In I case brought there the was whole a crossover. album. <laughs> I figured we could play it in its entirety. It's only 36 minutes long. Okay, so we're moving on to. Uh, they did have an EP in there. They we did. Bring, we it's called Stink. Yeah, but the lead track is as kids don't follow, which is a good track. But as 
as a U2 fan, you know, they saw U2 and then they thought, oh, okay, I don't like I Will Follow. They didn't like the message of that song. Okay. Um, so, which I, I can respect, but yeah, I didn't really want to bring that one, but it's gotcha. a good record. It's a good one. Now, Kyle, you didn't comment on the album cover, the first album cover. You want to talk about it? Um, I, I like it. It's just, it's like a ripped picture of yeah. them, which is kind of telling in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then just in the middle says the replacements and then has the title track yeah it's like it, it looks like a punk album it's a punk album now when yeah. you see the cover for hootenanny <laughs> right, well, it's not bad stink. it's just you won't believe how different it looks oh wow i know isn't that ridiculous it looks like it looks like a compilation album it, oh it kind of does it's just i don't even know how to describe this like the song it, titles are all in there and like, in like a, little blocks little block colored blocks like it doesn't look it doesn't it, look like no. a punk album at all mm-hmm it, like if you told me this was like that's uh, like a Mary Poppins font. It's very <laughs> like, yeah. Like I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what band I could compare this to. Like if you told me this was a. It looks like the back of like a Frankie Valley album. <laughs> oh yeah, it does. It looks like old timey. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Which I guess goes with the title Hoot Nanny. I guess so. I don't hate it though. No, I don't hate it either. I just it's, <laughs> it's just, just different. way different. Yeah. So uh, the genre is still punk rock. This album is 31 minutes in length, 12 songs, but that's, uh, that's how the Ramones albums are. They're like a half hour long. Even the Van Halen albums are a half hour long. So Hoot Nanny. Are we having a Hoot Nanny? I think so. I think we are. Carly, what do you have for us? Uh, take me down to the hospital. They're all about like <laughs> doing too much of something and dying and... <laughs> Now, I, did, I didn't bring the title track, which is the first song on the album, which is called Hootenanny, but I did want to say that for the first song, they all played different instruments. Like the drummer plays lead guitar, and the bass player plays rhythm guitar, and the lead guitarist plays bass, and Paul Westerberg plays the drums. So I, that's a Hootenanny, I guess, <laughs> when everyone's playing a different instrument. There is a song on here, Mr. Whirly, and the writer credited is mostly stolen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't, uh, I don't have that, but I do have uh, Color Me Impressed. Everybody at your party, they don't look depressed. Everybody's dressing funny, color me Rocks. I love that one. What do you think so far, Kyle? Because you're you're not familiar with the replacements at all. No, not really. Not yet. Uh, but I like this stuff because it's like 
It is punk. I like punk yeah. in that era of this this caliber. And See? the the kids that are making this music are all like uh, half the age you are now. I know it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and they're taking pills and being taken to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 and, and dying. <laughs> what uh, what's your next song? I actually had I had Color Me Impressed um, oh, also on my list, so that was one crossover. But I'm going to go with Buck Hill. That's track eight, and uh, the reason I chose it is you can hear in this um, pieces of Kiss Me on the Bus, which they later became a much um, a big part of Tim. So okay, we'll kick that one off. songs sound like they're from the same album i know it's crazy crazy? it's kind of it's kind of crazy kind of eclectic you could say it's all over the place but i i say eclectic Mm -hmm. (laughs) carly you said you liked hip-hop what's the what's the best hip-hop album that's out right now in your opinion oh gosh you know i like uh it came out last year uh j cole's uh kod record is the one that i've really enjoyed over the last year so and and uh, drake's scorpion but you know as a Middle-aged white lady who doesn't love Drake. <laughs> I feel like he just writes to me. What uh, what music do do your uh, do your teenage young teenage kids like? Show tunes. They do. They love show tunes. Do they? Uh, are, do they have? Uh, are they in drama or are they in? Do they do the musical stuff? They do. They do. So it's it's yeah. It's Hamilton. It's Finding Neverland. It's School of Rock. It's every kid uh, friendly musical that comes to town. We go see and then we listen to the soundtrack ad nauseum for months afterwards. Isn't that funny? Like that's how that's how my uh, youngest daughter is too, and my oldest daughter loved Hamilton. I mean, they they yeah. like know every word. Every of it. word. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It was the first time I heard my nine-year-old curse at the time because she was she was playing Hamilton through her like headphones, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. But it was okay because it was the Hamilton soundtrack. I know. It's, you, just gotta, you just gotta let it go. You gotta let it go. It's not it's art. You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I, right. I, I'm just impressed that they would know all the the words. Yes. It's nuts. Yes. What? Um, but as far as mommy's music, what do they think of mommy's music? Well, uh, <laughs> they listen to it when they want something from me. Oh, interesting. <laughs> They're like, oh, why don't we put on the replacement? That's right. <laughs> and, uh, and go get ice cream. That's right. <laughs> and go buy new shoes. <laughs> Mom, play that U2 song again. <laughs> uh, my next song from Hootenanny is Treatment Bound. Mm. So again. That's right. Seeing the theme. Yes. <laughs> Again, every song is different. 
It sounds like it could be a Bob Dylan song. It sounds like, it, like Bob Dylan called from a payphone and then they recorded <laughs> it. They recorded it. It does sound like that. It's not, uh, it's not high fidelity, that song. No. This is still twin tone, right? This is still twin tone, yeah. And it was recorded in a mobile unit. Like oh, they had like it? a mobile unit like out on the street. And then, um, yeah, so uh, reading about the, the recording of this record, like they were in a little padded room um, writing and recording these mm-hmm. songs and the producer who, with whom they didn't have a very good relationship because of their repeated drinking and drug use <laughs> was sitting in a mobile unit fuming about their behavior and unable to do anything <laughs> about it. Are all the original members still alive? Have any of them passed? Uh, Bob, I know. Bob Stinson has passed. Bob Stinson passed. Yeah. How did he, well, was it drugs? Well, I don't want to give it away, but yeah. It's coming up? Yeah, it's coming up. Okay. <laughs> All right. I jumped the gun on that. It's okay, but I do have in my notes um, uh, it, with the Hootenanny record, um, young Tommy starts drinking uh, with this record, which apparently in the earlier days he was not drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess when he turned 17, he really just started wow. drinking. I have trouble believing like, that, but. He's like, look, I'm not going to drink till I'm 17. I'm going to keep it clean. <laughs> but then I will. I'm in the temple. Yeah, I'm going right. to keep everything nice and even <laughs> toned. But 17, I'm busting out. 18 heroin all the way. All the way. Just all the way. Go off the rails. And then I'm going to join and Motley Crue when I'm 19. <laughs> so uh, did, we, did we get to your honorable mention song? Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Because we had, a, we had a crossover with Color Me Impressed. Oh, that's right. That's yes. right. Yeah. So we're moving. So we're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on to "Let It Be." Yes. Very ballsy to <laughs> take that title. You know they. So they chose the title because they they were just messing around in their van, and they said the next song that comes on is going to be the title of our record. And "Let It Be" obviously came on. Came on. And who sings that song? <laughs> the Beatles. It's the Beatles. Yeah. So what do you think of this album cover? I I like it. They're on a roof. I do, I do too. But it's like totally different. Yeah. From, I mean, not that the album covers are going to be the same, but this this isn't this, this isn't like the other two, yeah. and those two aren't the same. No, and this isn't really a this isn't a real punk cover. Um, I mean, it's a little bit of punk, a little bit. Like it's like punk, but it also kind of looks like it could be like a Tears for Fears album cover. Yeah, Goo Goo Dolls album. Yeah, too. <laughs> it's just like them sitting on a roof hanging out. Except if it was if it was Goo Goo Dolls, Johnny Resnick would be on the roof, <laughs> he'd be, he'd, and then and then they would have that that troll guy Robbie. He would Robbie. have to be inside the window. <laughs> you you know what? Go on the first floor. We'll be able to see it. Yeah, it's fine. Um, it's got a long lens, Robbie. This looks like a. This doesn't look like a staged picture, though. It looks no, like it, a very candid. It picture. looks like they were just shooting a bunch of, and, mm-hmm. they, and they probably said. We want this one. The guy's like, well, that's not one of the ones. That was an accident. <laughs> Two of you. One of you is covering your face. The other one's blinking. Uh, one's one we turned. Want. Head's turned. We got um, Peter Buck does a guitar solo on a song on this album from R.E.M. He does. And uh, it's it's funny because, yeah, because R.E.M. was constant, or R.E.M., the replacements were constantly pre- compared to one another mm-hmm. at the time, right? Because they were both coming up. They were both on indie labels, um, both, you know, kind of jangly guitar-driven music um, and, you know, had clearly different, very different outcomes. But it's funny you mentioned the Goo Goo Dolls because they are the ones that opened up for the replacements in 91 when I saw them. Oh, really? And it was before Johnny Resnick's Extreme Makeover and they were both wearing sweatpants and uh, like Looney Tunes t-shirts. So Robbie and Johnny looked a lot alike at that time. <laughs> oh boy. It's really... <laughs> Johnny now almost looks like he's had plastic surgery or something. Doesn't he looks like uh, his skin's very smooth and <laughs> yeah I don't know I don't know Johnny scale it back you looking him up yeah because I I can't oh yeah it's weird it is weird he right? looks like 
fake pretty. Yeah. Fake pretty. <laughs> I wish I could be fake pretty. Yeah, he's definitely had some work. Yeah, why does that happen? He looks like uh, Bon Jovi in this one picture, and then he looks like... Bon Jovi's mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we got, we got Let It Be. What do you got for us? Oh, we're going to do the, the kickoff track, I Will Dare. doesn't sound like anything off the last two albums no completely different that's the peter buck bit yeah yeah that was a little uh solo mm-hmm. in there <laughs> i could just play that with my mouth <laughs> um i'm gonna go with the song and then i'm gonna play uh i'm gonna play this song and then i'm gonna you're gonna give me the wire and we're gonna play how i've heard this song originally because okay. it wasn't by the replacements even okay. though it's their song so let's hear androgynous comes Dick, he's wearing a skirt. Here comes Jane, you know she's sporting a chain. Same hair evolution, same build evolution. Tomorrow who's gonna fuss? And they love each other so and androgynous. Closer than you know, love each other so. So androgynous, I guess, I mean, I guess now that would be non, is that what non, non-binary would be? Because my, my oldest daughter, Ezra, uh, identifies as being non-binary. And uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if she would be, I don't know if she would not like the term androgynous. I, I don't know. I don't know either. But that's how, that's how. Um, it might, now it might refer more to a style versus a. A lifestyle. Yes. Yeah, that's right. But I don't but, know. Um, I'm yeah. not the authority. I'm not the authority either, but I, I, I try. Very, but we'll certainly I, talk about it. <laughs> I try very hard. Well, I'm just, uh, no, I know. I'm just asking. Uh, so the first time I ever heard this song was uh, obviously it's a cover song, and I heard the version by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. So let me, how come, I, how come there's not a, why don't I have a Joan Jett playlist? What is going on with my iTunes? This is very weird. I thought while it was playing, you might have had it queued up. No. That would be, that's what a, a real broadcaster would do. There it is. It's from the album uh, Sinner, which came out in 2006. So here we go. So 
Is it weird that I like her version better? No, it's not Because I, I do like that. I do like her version better. Mm-hmm. Uh, also. There's a, I will say the replacements one's a little stripped down. Yes. Especially for them, for what I've heard so far. Because uh, uh, it's like just piano and, and hers is like fuller with the, with the band and. While we're, while we're talking about Joan Jett, she has an album called Notorious, and there's a song on there called Backlash that she wrote with Paul Westerberg. So I'm going to play a little bit of that. just because. That's not it. That's not it. That's the same one. Oh, I thought you had cued it. Okay, go ahead, Kyle. I'm ready. <laughs> he, he also plays guitar and vocals on this with her. That was 1991, Notorious. Oh. It's really hard to find, that album. I love wow. it. I really like that album. She was all glammed up in it. Was that like I Hate Myself for Loving You era, or was it after that? That was right after that. Wow. Yeah, I Hate Myself for Loving You was 88, so okay. this was uh, 91. Wow. That's a great track. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you. I didn't write it, but thank you. <laughs> I'll take full credit for all that. Um, yeah, like I would love to have Joan Jett on here. I keep trying. She's got that documentary out now. She I know. should be doing a press tour. I know. That's that's what I thought too. They were just in town. They were just in town last week. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts were opening for Morrissey. That You're doesn't say seem, Maury. No. That doesn't seem like a good I don't know. To me, that doesn't seem like a good combo. I feel like a lot of people would go to see Joan and then leave before Morrissey. And and the Morrissey people would be like, I guess Joan Jett's cool. I don't know. What do you think, it, Kyle? Yeah, it's it almost seems like it should be the other way around. It should be more like in terms of tone, like it's you don't want to be like all amped up and then just brought down with yeah. sadness. You want to build to that. <laughs> I just feel like Joan Jett should just be touring on her own. Yeah. Not supporting Morrissey. I don't know. Yeah, it's like uh, it's it's a little like the Pretenders opening up for Def Leppard over the summer, is you know, Def Leppard great band and all, but I mean Pretenders an opening mm-hmm. act. I know. Wow. You know? Yeah, because I just saw the Pretenders last year open up for Stevie Nicks. Yeah, and that was that was okay. Yeah, right. But I saw the Pretenders open for the B-52s once, and I'm, I was just like, I would have. I think that should be reversed. Yeah, that's just. I just love the Pretenders so Me much. Too. Do you have? A, is there a bucket list uh, concert? Someone you've never seen, but you have to see. Oh, geez, that's a great question. Uh, no band that's currently um, together. Okay. No, no. But I, I go to a lot of shows, so I've been fortunate. And, How about you? Uh, well, it's Elton John still, but I do oh, have tickets for you'll get your chance. February. Yeah. I, I do have tickets already, but, um, who do you go to shows with? Who goes, who goes with you? Well, um, if it's you too often, I go by myself mm-hmm. because my husband's seen him enough. Uh, he did go with me this year. He went with me to Vegas and Nashville to see him. But when I went to New York to see him, I was on my own, mm-hmm. <laughs> which was totally fine. 
Um, but I have a friend that I go see shows with in, in Denver that likes, she likes a lot of like um, industrial mm -hmm. music. And so I can, but usually I can convince her to go see something that's uh, a little edgier. It must be like, how many shows do you think you go to see? Do you go see one show a month at least? More than that. Really? Probably three or four. You're like a rocker chick. Can I say no. that? <laughs> you know, uh, no, no, not a rocker chick. But you know, you can slip out of your house at like nine o'clock. The kids are in bed. You can. Go see a show, yeah. you know, and then be home by like midnight, one, one in the morning. Yeah. And as long as you can pull it together the next morning and go to work, it's better to be tired the next day than not go at all. Right. Like yeah, as you right. get older, I think too, you feel like, okay, this is the last time I'm going to be able to see this band maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So, you know, you just, you, you know, you got to, you got to roll with the punches a little bit and make it happen. Rocker chick's not negative though. <laughs> I meet lots of nice people if I'm by myself. If yeah. you have a beer and you're standing near the front, mm -hmm. um, you'll always meet people because there's always people there by themselves too. Mm -hmm. I love that you go by yourself because I go to shows by myself sometimes too. And it's like, yeah, a lot of people would go, oh, I would never go see a concert by myself, but it's kind of, you don't have to worry about anyone. No. You can move around if you want to. Yeah. So like I go, I go a lot with my, I call her my concert wife, Suzanne Dillingham. Mm -hmm. And sometimes she wants to move to the front immediately. And sometimes I don't want to, but I, I just go, okay, I'll see you in yeah. a little bit. But yeah, it's you cool. You catch her, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my parents were always like, because I was like, oh, I'm going to go see Nine Inch Nails by myself. They're like, by, your, by yourself? <laughs> yeah. Does anyone want to go with you? I, no. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well, you're going by yourself. I'm like, yeah, I'd Be rather careful. go by myself than not go at all. Like you yeah. said, yeah. yeah like, exactly. It's just like. <laughs> exactly. I don't have anyone to go with. I guess I won't go. I guess I won't go. Yeah, that's stupid. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, a band I love is coming to town and I've never seen them, but I can't get anyone to go. <laughs> so I guess I'll never do stuff. Sometimes I feel burdened with another person. Yeah, sometimes it can be like that. Because you're just like, oh, then you're worried. Are they having fun? Is it like... Like I've taken you to a lot of shows where you're like not into it. <laughs> but I, I but you just go for the You just yeah. go for the hang. Yeah. All what right. was the, what was the one that you had to wait through the longest? What was the one that was like the one you really had to work hard to try to enjoy? Oh, oh I think I know what it was. It was Mr. Big. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't you didn't like that at all. No, it was like, not. even like Asia you liked because yeah, they were I liked amazing Asia musicians. And I liked uh, like even I had fun at the Gin Blossoms yeah. and like, but yeah, but the Mr. Big, Big was, you. Uh, even even our friend Mike Schmidt who went wasn't into it. I don't think mm -mm. I was the only one that liked it. Yeah. <laughs> So you want to go again? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I think it's your turn because I played Androgynous and then 10 other songs. So now it's back to you. Which, yeah, which, and that song's amazing. So it yeah, totally it deserves is. its time. It is great. Um, so I'm going to go with the second track, which is Favorite Thing. There Maybe, uh, maybe you can answer this question for me, Carly. There's a song on this album called, and forgive me, uh, Gary's Got a Boner. <laughs> it is. And Ted Nugent is listed as one of the co-writers. Yes. So did they like take a riff off of 
What did they do? What'd yeah, they, they did. They they lifted some of the riff from uh, Ted Nugent's song. I can't remember which one it is, but right. yeah, it was it was pretty obvious, and so they listened. So they just gave he him has credit. credit. Yeah, I have the song in here. If you want to just pass the chord, and we'll find out. Right. Okay. This was not on on the playlist, but this is we got Gary's. Uh, I don't even want to say that in front of our, our, <laughs> our female guest, but uh, Gary's excited. What we'll call it. <laughs> Apparently, they made fun of people that were like kind of like not with it, and they called them Garys, and so that's why they named it Garys Microphoner. Uh, maybe we can use that. Maybe we, <laughs> we know some Garys. Uh, okay, let's see if we can. Okay, I'm playing it. Let's see if we can hear. It sounds a little like Cat Scratch Fever. That's what it's from. I'm gonna I'm gonna back up again. Oops, sorry. Oh no, that was it. Yeah, that's kind of Cat Scratch Fever. All right, let's hear Cat Scratch Fever. It's in there, yeah. Yeah. Hey, it's better than Vanilla Ice. Yeah, trying to say that he didn't. That's ba ba ba. That's that's uh, that's one of the most popular songs of all time, Vanilla Ice, and you ripped it off. Okay, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? It's uh, your song. It's my song. Okay, my song. And this is a chord. Yeah, take the chord back. You need to take the chord. Uh, My song is. You would think we'd never done this before. I know. I know. (laughs) It's a cover of it's a cover of a Kiss song, Mm -hmm. Black Diamond. Mm Mm-hmm. You know who wrote this, don't you? Oh, Paul Stanley. Let me tell you something. I wrote a song called Black Diamond. I sing on it and Peter sings on it. And the replacements, <laughs> they did a cover version on an album called Let It Be. <laughs> Let's listen to Black Diamond. <laughs> it's a very good version. Out on the street for a living. Sorry. You know it's only begun. Got you under their thumb. I don't song is 44 years old it's from the first kiss album from 1974 i don't even know what it's about about a black diamond i don't even know it's about a lady of the night yeah yeah oh yeah yeah i heard paul knew one or two of those over the years so Hmm. that's what it was about black so is that her is that her nickname is that like in the in the classic burt reynolds movie sharky's machine (laughs) where the the high-priced call girl is nicknamed domino and for like 30 minutes, he's just watching her and literally nothing happens. Oh my in the God. Movie. He's, he's on stakeout. Like they didn't know how to edit movies sometimes back in the day. He's literally just watching her apartment. It's almost creepy. He's like, yeah, he's like eating sandwiches. He's like not sleeping. He's like, he's just like no shirt, like no just shirt on and, the, and not doing a good job of being no. hidden. Like the no. blinds are up. Blinds are like, up. He's got a giant like, telescope. <laughs> 
He's got the bear. Uh, he's got the bear chest, the hairy Burt Reynolds chest. Oh, so he's wearing a sweater. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At one point, two guys come in to relieve him, and then go, he goes, no, I no, got it. No, I got it. <laughs> it's like three days in. Yeah, I, I'm creepy, so and I got they, it. And then they cut to, they're like, you've been watching her for a month or something know, crazy. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. It's ridiculous. Then, like, if she's... If she's like in the bathtub, then he's in the bathtub. It's so weird. It's like, what are you doing? It's like a weird romantic comedy. It's very strange. There's a part, I think we've talked about this before. He finally has to get her out of the city and he has to, because guys are trying to kill her. And he takes her to this like farmhouse that he's been renovating. It's like his family's old farmhouse. And she comes in and he's, he's, there's like a window seat and he is um, chiseling uh, uh, like a, a like a rose, a like rose the in size the wood. of your hand. Yeah, basically. yeah. It's like the size of your hand. It's a rose. That's what Sharky does in and, his off time. And it's like and it's like an inch deep into yes. the wood. And then so she sits by next to him, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, oh, "It's just something I like to do. It's just a hobby. I'm trying to fix this place up." And then they pull out for a wide shot, and there is more sawdust on the floor than you can possibly believe. It's like a. <laughs> A foot high. Like, it's like if, if you've ever seen Scarface, the mountain of cocaine. Yeah, picture that, yeah, but sawdust, sawdust on the floor. There's no way there would be that much sawdust. There's absolutely 100% no way. Like as soon as they pulled out, we just started to crack up. I'm like, oh my God, look at that sawdust. It doesn't make any sense. No oh. sense at all. Uh, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Okay. I played Black Diamond <laughs> and we talked about Sharky's Machine. Back to Carly. Hey, I had Black Diamond as my honorable mention. So I'm with you on that. It's, yeah, a, great it's a great It's a great cover. Oh, it's an amazing cover. I guess they were Kiss fans, right? They were Kiss fans. Yeah. Now, did we cover it? We, we're through this album? We, we are. We're through Let It Be. They are done with this little, like, Minneapolis twin tone label at this record. So now they move on to Sire Records. Yes. Where are they from? What, what city are they from? Minneapolis. Minneapolis? Okay, mm-hmm. I yeah. figured. Twin Tone, that's the same label. Um, Soul Asylum was also oh, okay. on Twin Tone. There's a, there's a big indie label. I mean, if there's a if there's such a thing as a big indie label, it was it was that. And then they move on to Sire Records, which they were probably so psyched about because the Ramones were on Sire Records, Pretenders were on Sire Records. Who else were the? Uh, Sorry, I got an eyelash. In my Madonna head. was on Sire. Madonna, Madonna. <laughs> Talking Heads were they on Sire Records? Oh, I think so. I think so too. And they had Warner Brothers, like was like the overall distribution. Yes, uh-huh. Sire was under the umbrella of Warner Brothers, and then this album is produced by Tommy Ramone. Yeah, Dream Come True, right? Yeah, right. So they do everything they can to like sabotage the recording of this record, but they still <laughs> yeah. come out with something absolutely brilliant. You got the Tim album, which there is not a bad track on this on this album either. And what do you think of this album cover? Um. It's okay. <laughs> it's weird. Like the album's called Tim, so I don't know what you're expecting, but you're not quite expecting this. Yeah, there's like a like a mausoleum hallway looking thing from Phantasm, and then up at the yeah. top, it's like an upside down oh, pink, God. and then a, and then someone with a guitar. Is this a concept album of some type? I, I don't think so. I think it was some type. Of, they they just they hired somebody to do the cover. I think I read, and uh, he had a bit of an Orwellian view of things and that is bob that's bob <laughs> stinson's face it says yeah mm-hmm. and um why is it called tim uh you know what i have to look that i don't remember that i, I read that book but it, there was so many drunken escapades that sometimes i would like flip a page or two so i actually because <laughs> sometimes yes. reading that stuff gets to be too much 
Well, it does because it, it I don't want it to um, negatively impact my love for the band right. because they're doing so many things to screw up their career. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a long story about how when, you know, they, they signed to Sire, like they put, you know, Seymour Stein, the head of Sire Records, just puts every effort into promoting this band. They do a showcase and of course they completely like get wasted. They get all the record company <laughs> people so wasted. They're smearing stuff on the walls of the restaurant. Oh and, my God. Um, so yeah, so yeah, you kind of have to gloss over that stuff sometimes. So apparently, uh, Paul Westerberg, everyone just recalls him just saying, I think we should call the album Tim. (laughs) And then they said, okay, Mm -hmm. okay, sounds good to me. (laughs) It's like when I read this. He said, because it's such a nice name. (laughs) (laughs) When I read Motley Crue's book, The Dirt, when it came out, that's probably 20 years ago now. It was just so much debauchery, like on every page. And it was just like, and they never, and it was written in a manner where they thought it was, even to this day, they thought it was still cool. Like they didn't have any like, I can't believe we did that, or I, I don't know why we were like that. There was none of that. There was no Keith Richards life element to the no, no. Molly Crew one. That's yeah. why, I did you read The Dirt? Uh, no, but no. I read Keith Richards. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, I know Netflix is making a Dirt movie, and I'm just like, <laughs> it's just, it's just. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know. You can top it behind the music. Yeah, right. That's Where great he says, I woke up and the needle was still in my arm. Yeah, and then they're shooting Jack Daniels. And right. Snort Oz- Nance. Ozzy Snort Nance. It's <laughs> like, okay. But I just hate that they laugh about it. Like, But they don't laugh about it the way you would laugh about it if you're just like, oh, I can't believe we did that. They're not like that. They still think like, man, we were so badass and we did this. And it's just <laughs> we like, lived the life, man. And it's like, we did it. You're 60. <laughs> <laughs> you're 60 and your singer can't sing. Oh, terrible singer. Live, <laughs> yeah. terrible. Yeah. Uh, Tim, this is still Paul Westerberg, Chris Mars, Bob Stinson, Tommy Stinson. And this is in this is the second in that middle four you were talking about, right? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. That you love so much. Yes. Okay, so you start us out. Yeah, so I'm going to start with um, my favorite track on the album, which is Left of the Dial. Some local page. So in 2003, on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time, Tim was at number 136. That's pretty high. And the reviews for this album are off the charts. Five out of five stars from All Music. The Austin Chronicle, four out of five. Blender, five out of five. Uh, Entertainment Weekly, A. Q Magazine, four out of five. Uh, Rolling Stone, four and a half. Rolling Stone, four and a half. Spin, Alternative Record Guide, 9 out of 10. So, I mean, this is off the charts. Mm -hmm. Great. So let's, uh, my first song from Tim is Waitress in the Sky. Um. She don't wait. 
Reminded me, it has like a jaunty thing that almost reminded me of Joan Jett's version of Androgynous. Hmm. I can hear that, yeah. Kyle? Yeah, I, I nodded at me. Kyle. And this, this was a source of creative conflict a little bit because Bob didn't, Bob Stinson did not like this country direction that mm-hmm. Westerberg was going into. Um, this says the band performed on Saturday Night Live when this album came out in 1986 or right after it came out. And that they got a lifetime ban for swearing during the broadcast and uh, having bad behavior on the show. Okay, well, that is a perfect example of what Carly's been saying about this band <laughs> shooting themselves in the foot. But then Westerberg would later perform as a solo artist, so clearly he didn't get... <laughs> Maybe they didn't know. Maybe they didn't even know he was part of the replacements. Oh, he's walked in with a mustache. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a cowboy hat. Hey, guys. You guys like Sharky's Machine? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're up. Yeah, it was Bob Stimson that dropped an F-bomb on the live TV, apparently. Got, oh. got him banned. Hey, that was Bob. That wasn't me. Didn't they bleep stuff back then? I don't think they were fast enough with it. <laughs> you don't apparently. care. I don't know, man. But right. um, yeah, so I've got uh, another one that's kind of a, this is in a different direction, the left of the Domino's Swinging Party. Fading me down, but you were swatting at that fly that I was swatting at earlier. The uh, and Westerberg writes every song on this album except for one, Dose of Thunder, is a co write with Chris and uh, Tommy. So he's really taking the reins of writing all the songs, yeah, because the other people are barely functionable at this point. Um, I know Tommy started drinking when he was 17, (laughs) I don't know if he's still drinking at this point or not. So they're getting per diems from the record company, but they are rating, um the per diems out of the suitcase of like whatever handler the record company is sending to monitor them and they're spending it on booze and drugs and then going back the next day and asking for more money. Like they're, they're really spiraling at this point. And Bob Stinson is, they're, they're Tommy, young Tommy at this point, I think is 18 or 19 is about to kick his older brother out of the band. And this is actually the last album that Bob is putatively on, but mm-hmm. I don't think that he's actually plays on all the tracks. Oh. Was there a, I don't remember replacements behind the music. There wasn't one, was there? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't recall ever seeing. I one. don't recall, and I know I've seen. I saw every one because I would even watch when there would be like a band that I didn't really know or like. Yeah. Ten minutes in, I'd be like, "Oh, this is awesome." What band do you not know or like? <sighs> well, I mean, like if it was like you know, like if it was a TLC oh, or sure. something. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> right. I'd right. be like, you know, yeah. oh, I know who they are, but right. uh, they're not in my wheelhouse. But then I'm like, oh, that's a great story. Yeah. Because uh, that was the beauty of that show. You would watch every single one. That's true. Doesn't matter. That's true. And you yeah. get cer- certainly you get more excited by one other one. You know, so, you know, oh my god, there's good, they're doing one on Journey or they're doing one, you know, stuff that's in my my wheelhouse. But I watched every single episode. I, w- I loved it too. Yeah, I wish those were. Uh, I didn't want it to end. I mean, when it yeah. ended, I'm like, 
there's still a thousand other oh, bands. Totally, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder if it was just costly. I don't know. It was like one of the VH1's like signature show for the longest time. Oh yeah. Especially if they had somebody that you hadn't like you yeah. hadn't done yeah. one for. I mean, when they did that Molly Crew one, that was huge. Yeah, it was yeah. it was crazy. Yeah. And uh they never that did that one two parts. No, but there might have been an extended they oh, would okay. do that. They'd go like now yeah. with more footage and the journey one's great. It's on you can find that on YouTube and it's an extended cut. It's pretty great. Cool. They never did Cheap Trick though, because Cheap Trick doesn't really have any story. There's really no drama. Mm-hmm. There's no Yeah. It's just you know. And that when they did have ones like that, you could tell you're like coming up. <laughs> <laughs> they bought them out and it's like oh yeah the bus broke down and we, wait a minute that's not what <laughs> really what i thought Bottom was going to happen so you know like metallica there's a bus crash and the bass player di- i mean there's yeah. there's right. drama but yeah. you know some bands just don't have it so no it's hard to manufacture I, it's hard to manufacture that's i always true. you know I, I always thought with like um hold my life that's on this it was funny when re- researching this because i always thought hold my life they have the line razzle dazzle razzle's gone or razzle mm-hmm. died i always thought that was about the vince neil razzle but it's car not accident. it's not huh it was written before that but there's well at least there's nothing out there no research out there suggests that that was what got him to write that hmm. that line but why else would you i know that doesn't make any sense <laughs> carly i just took notice of your notes there kyle carly is more prepared than who oh murray okay <laughs> just making sure Okay, my but next. Oh, that's lo- oh, that's from the hotel. Yes. So you just did this tonight. I did this afternoon. All right. Did you use was a it? roller for these lines? They're very straight. Yeah. How'd you do that? I did. I wanted it nice and straight. I did. Well, I had this big book. Oh, so right? you used the book. So you used use the, the book. Use the the, yeah. oh, the edge of the book. The edge yeah. of the book. Bring a T square in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'll let you bring that on the plane. <laughs> Need Burt Reynolds's help on it. <laughs> Are you a heavy heavy packer or light packer? Oh, very light. I'm on the road so much, there's no way. But I never unpack my suitcase, and I never, I never go anywhere without my passport because I might have to get on a plane. Do you have to wear corporate-type clothing? Not at a mine site. All right. But other times, yeah, I do. And what does corporate-type clothing involve? Uh, <laughs> so I have to actually wear, like, I have to wear a suit jacket, and I have to wear, like, a dress or a nice pair of pants. So okay. I, yes, so I bring one outfit. All right, cool. Yep. I'm getting to know all about Carlene. <laughs> what, what, do you have like a at, a, at a mining site, do you have like boots you have to wear? Oh, I have steel-toed boots. I have uh, I have those pants that zip off at the knees. Oh. I've never unzipped them, but they they have that option. Yeah. But I have like Duluth Trading Company, like um, gardening pants. And I have like the shirts because if you go somewhere, like I've been to the Dominican Republic and I've been to parts of um, South America. And when I was in Ghana, like those are mosquito infested mm-hmm. uh, countries. Yeah country so those i actually have to treat my clothing put it with with mosquito repellent put in a bag for like three days then pack my suitcase so i take it out my clothes are treated but i have to be covered oh, wow. head to toe pretty much otherwise you're gonna get bit up and you might get like you're already, you're already or ta- something yeah because yeah. usually I'm, I'm already taking like anti-malarial drugs when i go to these places so yeah. <laughs> don't want to take any chances this is, uh, this is a dangerous job <laughs> There's a lot of, there's a risk factor. There's a lot of risk. When, uh, when I had that cough and was sick forever and I had to go to the emergency room yeah. and they gave me medicine when I was in there, the guy in front of me gets called up and they're like, um, like they were like, oh, they usually give this to people for like West Nile or something. And he's like, I'm, I have to take it as a precaution. I'm going on a trip and they're like, oh, are you going anywhere fun? And he's like. No, I'm going to for work. And they were like, oh, well, you're going to have fun there. And he's like, well, it was an accident and it killed three people. So I don't know. Oh <laughs> I'm like, God, oh my no. God. 
And then they said, oh, so your blood work came I was back. Like, oh. <laughs> was your mother a jackal? <laughs> uh, my next song from Tim is Bastards of Young. that one second now when i did hear this song this song sounds like the goo goo dolls mm-hmm. play it again start it right back up That, that really sounded like uh, Goo Goo Dolls mm-hmm. to me, like early Goo Goo Dolls. This is one of the ones they played on Saturday Night Live. This one? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear the F word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got another one for us? That was my honorable mention. This Bastards was. Of a lot of, oh, lot of honorable great... mention crossovers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They always have a great kickoff track, right? Because like this song like just is, is so mm-hmm. good. You know, they either have a great kickoff track or they have a great like switch from A-side to B-side, like, I mean, and this was on the B-side, like, when you flip the, the record over, so. You always had that scream. Now, for the next album, Please to Meet Me, I actually have three songs because I couldn't, um, I couldn't narrow it down. I couldn't do it. It's so hard. Such a great record. Yeah, so this is, uh, now this is Paul Westerberg, Tommy Stinson, Chris Mars, and this guy named Jim Dickinson. I don't know if he's a band member or if he's just sitting in. He's the know? producer. He's a producer. They had to go through like 30 different possible producers before this gentleman agreed to produce this record because they had so many problems with their other producers and with the record company. And at this point, their, 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 uh, their antics are becoming very well known. Um, so, I mean, they were doing things like there was a show with REM where they opened up at Bogarts in Cincinnati where they were like throwing, um, booze into like the mixing board. Like they were, Oh, that does, that doesn't help the show. Kyle, (laughs) please don't throw any booze into the mixing board tonight. Oops, too late. What uh, and I we guess, all check and make sure it's still recording. <laughs> if, if Tommy Ramone doesn't want to come back and produce you again, there must have been a problem. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't produce unless I can hold a gun to someone's head. Like, no, that's Phil Spector. I know that's oh. what I'm referencing. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay, you go first. You're uh, the guest. Oh, that's very kind. Are you uh, having fun? Oh, I'm having a blast. Okay, uh, never mind. Never mind what? Never mind. You're not having a blast. You're not having fun. <laughs> There's a few more co-writes on this album. There's uh, four co-writes on this. 
Westerberg, Stinson, and Mars wrote four of the uh, 11 songs. So that's good. That's good for the band to get some some mailbox money for the publishing. Uh, well, you know, they kick Bob out, and then, you know, they're a little bit more of a cohesive. Yeah. It must have been hard for Tommy when your your brother's in the band, and then it wasn't yeah. hard for Yeah. It would, it would have to be very difficult. I would think so. I would think so, yeah. What was the age difference? Do you, do we know? I think it was like, it was six or eight years. Six or eight years. It's quite a bit. It is quite a bit. That is, that wasn't even That's a quite a bit. That is quite a bit. Uh, so like if my, my kids, if my little, if my little boy was in the band, he could have kicked one of his big sisters out yeah, of the band yeah. if they were like. And how old is your littlest on. one? Three. So in f- 14 more years, he'll start drinking. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> exactly. I, I, hope, I hope that's not true. Um, so this, this is like their, this is their like kind of breakout album, I would say. Right. Because this is the one when people say to listen to the replacements, this is the one they kind of always like point to. Yeah, this one or Tim. Yeah. 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 This one had more singles. Mm-hmm. They were really putting a putting a push behind this record. Yeah. And one of the problems they had was that, you know, one of the songs on there um, was The Ledge. And it unfortunately coincided with a, a, a very large rise in suicide packs. Hmm. Uh, uh, like like weeks after they decided they were going to lead with that single. So that became a bit of a problem for them. And that's my song. So let's hear, let's <laughs> it's hear a good the song, though. It is. <laughs> spent uh, last Friday night in uh, Santa Monica at a hotel because uh, my wife had to teach there the next morning. And uh, uh, so she was in the shower and I was, uh, I was uh, on my computer and she was, and this is a phrase that never existed until I got this podcast. She's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm picking my songs. <laughs> like no one ever says I'm picking my song. <laughs> oh, you're creating a set list for your gig tonight. No, I'm not a musician. I'm just picking my songs. So uh, that's when I pick my song. So, yeah, The Ledge. I love it. That's great. So you're probably looking out over the ocean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds wonderful. I I opened the window. I stood. Oh, see, you stood on the ledge. (laughs) I grabbed another bottle of Jack. (laughs) Spilled coffee, spilled donuts. (laughs) What's not? Did you have The Ledge? I did not have The Ledge. Okay, here we go. I do love that one. We could end up hearing six songs off of this album. Oh, we could. And they're all good. Do you think there's any crossovers? I do. You do? Okay. Don't say anything, Kyle. I think okay. I know the crossover, but I have it as my honorable mention. Right. So uh, my number my number two song on this one was Can't Hardly Wait, uh, which I features... Ah, oh, and this one's got Alex Chilton on guitar. And I have this one. Okay. Album Closer. Lights that flash in the evening 
how I didn't ask you what you think of the album cover. I like it. Although it's pleased to meet me. I, I kind of wish one of the hands were like upside down, like you were shaking your own hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. But I do like it. It's like one's like yeah. a business suit, one's like a ripped shirt. I do like the font. I like the yeah. colors. Yeah, I like this album cover a lot. They kind of have a logo, but not really. Like it's kind of like yeah. a similar font, but it's never the same font, which is interesting. How do you feel about people referring to this band as the Mats? Oh, I think that that's, um, that's fine. You know, it shows you're a fan, you know, mm-hmm. and you've read up on them and you've done a little research, done a little time on them. It'd be like calling the smithereens the means, though. To me. <laughs> like, it's just like it's not. I still don't Like, they're not the placemats. Well, that was the origin of it, though. Somebody, they were, I think they were called, well, at first they were called the impediments before there were the replacements. And then somebody <laughs> called them the placemats. And I think that was where the mats came okay. from. But when I was a teenager okay. and I was making people mixtapes of replacement songs, mm-hmm. I, w- I, I titled it Mats Mania. So when I was a teenager, I loved that there was like a secret name for secret them. Secret name I for see. them. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. It's like the secret menu in In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I get Mats fries? <laughs> That's just uh, French fries with a lot of pills on them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, they take okay. 17 french fries and they douse them in alcohol <laughs> and i think in the sessions for i think either this one or um i think it was for this one they they actually tried to raid the um offices of twin tone records they got really paranoid that twin tone was going to start to release a bunch of stuff that they had recorded uh, okay. and they they grabbed what they thought were the master tapes and threw them in the mississippi river but they were not in fact the, the tapes and they figured out that they were not, they were just like copies. They weren't the original masters. And then they tried to go to Pete Stark's house, the guy that produced uh, Hoot Nanny, and tried to steal from his house until they realized that they were going to call the cops on him. At least they didn't throw some other band's tapes <laughs> yeah, in Yeah, I thought you were going to say like, And they threw Soul all Asylum's Soul Asylum's tapes, tapes in the <laughs> like, river. Come on, man. That's not cool. Uh, my next song. Of it's, my like, th- it's like Drunk Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> uh, Skyway is my next song. On the wrong list. Uh, You take the skyway high above the busy little one way in my stupid hat and gloves at night. I lie awake wondering if I'll sleep, wondering if we'll meet out in the street. Take the skyway. It don't move at all like a subway. Mellow, but I love it. Mm-hmm, me too. Good song. Mm-hmm. So, do we still have one more? I have one more. I have. Uh, I have. Yes. I have uh, Alex Chilton.
By this time, Alex Chilton was their friend, so I wonder what they thought about them writing a song. Did he say, guys, that's stupid, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, I wonder how he really felt. Yeah, I wonder how he felt, too. I know that they were apparently really embarrassed about playing it for him. And okay. so even though he was around, he yeah. was never around when they were doing this song. Oh, that's funny. Which kind of makes sense, right? Because yeah, yeah. they're always like, there's always this fear that they're going to succeed. <laughs> so they don't really want their hero to know that they've written this song about mm-hmm. him. That's like Kyle and I have been working on a song called Christy Stratton. <laughs> and we are so afraid to play it for her. But we will. Yeah. We'll eventually play it. Mm-hmm. It starts out with a little soundbite of her saying, oh, Pat. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're moving on to Don't Tell a Soul. Now, this album cover, where do you see this album cover, Kyle? It looks like it should be like a cure or Depeche Mode. Yeah. It does not look like a replacements album cover at all. Like, I've seen this album cover many times throughout my life, and I never... It, thought it was. It a, almost a, looks a, like a Lou Reed on the cover. Yeah, it's just like, or also, who's the guy? Um, oh, uh, Charlie Sexton. It kind of looks like oh, yeah. Charlie Sexton a little yeah. bit. Who is that on the cover? Do we even know? I believe that's Paul. That's Paul. It it's kind of stylized. It a bit. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. look like the Paul Westerberg that I mm-hmm. know. When, when Paul Westerberg does he does he play solo now, and does he play replacement stuff or no? He probably plays a few. I would think. Yeah, he's he's done a number of solo records, but yeah. I don't know. I haven't seen him on. I don't know that he's toured behind him. Maybe he has. Yeah. I wonder if a guy like that has money. Like I always wonder how that goes. You know, like the the, the replacements didn't sell millions of no. albums. So I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I got to think. I mean, Tommy Stinson joined Guns N' Roses after this. You know, after the replacements yes. fell apart, he did that for a long yeah. time. Yes, he did. I think when I when I saw Guns N' Roses, he might have been. In the lineup because I saw them. Oh, okay. You know when it was none of the originals but Axel. Yeah. There's a compilation album called Besterberg, the best of Paul Westerberg. <laughs> really? Yeah. He has that's a, great. He has, he has a couple of compilation albums. I'm going to his official website for a second. I want to see if he, there's like tour dates. He has two songs on the Friends soundtrack and and a song on the Melrose Place soundtrack. Maybe he has some money from that. Well, yeah, yeah. the Friends soundtrack probably sold. Uh, and he was on the single soundtrack. He had two songs on there. He had um, Waiting for Somebody and Dyslexic Heart. That was right after the replacements. Oh, I felt Yeah, apart. Dyslexic Heart is a great song. Yeah. But yeah, he, the last, the last solo shows, or oh, that was 2015, that was Replacements Reunion. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like he has any solo shows at all. No. Solo shows 1993 to 2007. <laughs> all right. So obviously he's not making money by touring. No. No. I wonder if I, if he would tour, I, people would go. I, I would think so. Maybe he doesn't need know. money. Maybe he doesn't. Right. Maybe or, or maybe you'll call a lift tonight and he'll pick you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. You <laughs> he's fine. He'll be okay. Bob Stinson, before his untimely demise, went back to being a, a cook and a dishwasher after he got kicked oh, out of the band. That's that's yes. rough. Yeah. That is that would be rough. Yeah. Now you're gonna like this uh, this album called. Uh, don't tell us all this was produced by a guy named matt wallace who's produced such artists as faith no more maroon five and train (laughs) so he went deaf at some point (laughs) (laughs) so we know how much you like the train kyle okay so i only have two songs off this what are what are your songs carla let's see i've got i've got the single the big single i'll be i'll be you all right let's hear it 
Hot 100 charting single that went to number 51. Mm-hmm. So they can't even say top 50. <laughs> yeah, we had a top 60 single. We had a top 55. Now on modern rock and mainstream rock, that song went to number one. So that's good. And this was their highest charting album in I, the U.S. I assume based off the success of the previous two, then kind of everyone went and bought this one. Well, like Tim, Tim only went to 183. Pleased to Meet Me went to number 131, and this one went to 57. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yes. So they uh, they were basically engaged by Sire Records to go do a, a PR tour of radio stations. Can't wait to hear how they messed this up. <laughs> and they had already burned so many bridges um, with their promotional tour for Pleased to Meet Me. There were very few... Um, radio stations willing to give them a try, but WXRT out of Chicago, the big alternative yeah. radio station, asked them to please do a, to do a free concert, basically, to make amends, and which they refused to do. And, um, <laughs> and then they went on um, the K-Rock, guys. and then they did um, something to Louis Largent on K-Rock, and uh, he bas- they basically burned every bridge there. So, I mean, the, the big taste-making alternative formats would not play this band so were they um, afraid of success or did they just do did they were just like was that just the punk in them that they were just like the hell with it or what it it, it sounds like they were just it was fear it was fear of succeeding mm-hmm. at every because they would play and you know when they first signed with sire uh their manager set them up with a showcase at cbgb knowing that they would screw that up <laughs> and then they had another show at irving plaza like three days later which had the really important people because they, they, they also uh, upset Hilly Crystal enough that he said he would never book them again. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just fear. And, and Peter Buck calls it, uh, called it Midwest fatalism. Like it was just his expectation that things were just going to go bad it's that so, they had. Yeah, it's so funny like how you said they were compared with R.E.M. when they were both coming up. And R.E.M. doesn't have any of this in them. Apparently not. No. no. They, they didn't try I mean, to. They didn't go out and actively try to screw no. things up. But you know, I saw I saw REM in the '90s, and they seemed pretty messed up. And I remember Michael Stipe was reading all the words to every song off of like a, a music stand. So they <laughs> they weren't. But but for some reason, they didn't really push it so far as to completely alienate the audience. Right. Right. I think they knew what how to walk or, that fine line. Or when they did a press tour, they weren't pissing people off. <laughs> they they were just, they were cordial and nice uh, young exactly. fellas. Yeah. So this album, every song is written by Paul Westerberg, except uh, the last song, which is uh, written by everybody, written by the band. They got a guy named Slim Dunlap is in the band now, playing guitar and keyboards and background vocals. My first song off of Don't Tell a Soul is Talent Show. Talent Show. 
In my waxed up hair and my painted shoes Got an offer that you might refuse Tonight, tonight we're gonna take a stab Come on along, we'll grab a cab There ain't much to look at, so Close your eyes, here we go We're playing at the talent show Playing at the talent show Come on along, here we go Playing at the talent show Check us out, here we go Playing at the talent show Yo, good! good tune it is i like that what is your favorite album of theirs have we hit it yet yeah we have um you know it's it's hard for me to choose a favorite i would say it's probably it's probably um let it be actually which is not um not the typical one most people choose tim or please meet me let it be is kind of a growing up record Mm -hmm. um and I, i i like a lot of the sentiments and the songs there and also it's kind of the full band's record but they're all really good yeah and when they got back together for those reunion tours, people probably thought, oh, maybe they'll do an album. Yes, absolutely. And then no. <laughs> maybe, no. They'll, maybe they'll do an album and piss a bunch of people off. <laughs> <laughs> but like they did that, you know, even when they played Riot Fest, like, I mean, I, I you know, I got right up in front and I, I was by myself. So I met a bunch of people that had flown in just for this show because they were only doing three shows on that, on three festival shows. Was that shows. out here? Or no, was it? there was, they did it Denver, Toronto and um, Chicago. Okay. They might've done a show here. I just know that they have a riot fest out here, but I didn't know if they played. No, Kyle, we have riots out here. Oh, okay. oh that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's not that's a right. festival. That's, that's actual right. riot. That's right. Never okay. mind. I think they might have done it. I think they might have had a, an unfavorable Coachella appearance oh, or two. Oh, okay. At the, in, in that same year, maybe. But <laughs> of course yeah. they did. <laughs> but, you know, even like they come out, like uh, even with Riot Fest, even though they played really well, they had to come out and like make everybody mad, right? They were wearing like, they, they always love to dress like in drag a little bit. And so they came out in prairie skirts and Rock Mount Ranch wear shirts, which is like a big, like, you know, Denver institution. <laughs> and then they're like, look, we bought shirts here. And then Paul Westbrook says, but they're all made in China. <laughs> and, you know. Another way to ingratiate yourself to, with the crowd. I think the phrase is <laughs> shut up and play your guitar. Exactly. I think that's what they need to do. Uh, I don't want to Dr. Laura it, but yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. So is it me or it's you? It is Carly. It's Carly. Okay, I'm going to go with, they kind of tried to return to their uh, punk rock roots with Anywhere's Better Than Here. So let's play that one. <laughs> I had, I had, I told you that was anywhere better than here. I was aching to be. Oh, my bad. 
I'm sorry. I, I gave you the wrong uh, order, so that's totally fine. That was my honorable mention song, that's and okay. I read the wrong one. It's not that's fine. Okay. We'll edit it all out. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, I want, you, I want you to look this up. There was, a, there was an album release called Stay Awake, Various Interpretations of Music from Vintage Disney Films, and the replacements do a version of Cruella de Vil. Oh, okay. So I want to hear that. <laughs> Cruella de Vil. But they probably... Rock it up, right? Are they trying to piss Disney They say off? the F word in the middle. <laughs> they do. Cruella fucking DeVille. <laughs> Take that, Disney. And then they pee on his grave. Totally. <laughs> you found it. Doesn't scare you, no evil thing will To see her is to take a sudden chill Cruella, Cruella de Vil The glare in her look, the ice in her stare Of innocent children, you better beware The world was such a wholesome place until Cruella, Cruella de Vil that's pretty good. Tom Tom Waits does hi ho on this. I was just gonna say, <laughs> I want you. Awesome. I want to hear that. I was just gonna ask for that. Oh really? How do we How do we think this sounds? Terrible. <laughs> right? Hi ho! <laughs> it's off to work we go. It's gonna be awful. Do you sing this in the mines? <laughs> or is it forbidden? He sounds like he's been in the mines. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> it's unlistenable. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. I can't even tell what song that is. Oh my god, me neither. That's terrible. Yeah. Multiple people listened to that and went, yeah, put that on there. <laughs> That's no, good. Can't we find someone else to sing hi ho? Like James Taylor's on here, <laughs> Harry Nilsson. Yeah, people that Ringo can star. People that can sing are on here. Suzanne Vega. I mean uh, Bonnie Raitt. And oh, then yeah, Los Lobos. Uh, Aaron Neville. By the way, let's hear Aaron Neville. He's going to sing the Mickey Mouse March <laughs> with that high-pitched voice. It's taking me a minute. So. That's okay. Take your time. Well, I just didn't want there to be silence. No, that's okay. We'll just wait. Now it's time to say goodbye oh. <laughs> to all our company. Listen to that voice, though. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E Come along and sing our song and join us. Yeah, how the hell? <laughs> I mean, he, he should only sing or do the voice of if... Uh, 
if if a a, a, a fur- muppet is in a well, or or if or if a, <laughs> a if, if if a furnace in the basement comes to life, then he's the voice of yeah. that. <laughs> he's I mean, animal. Yeah, he's animal oh. from the Muppets. God, that's so oh. terrible. <laughs> what? I guess people go, what an eclectic uh, album we put together, that's, right? That's number three. <laughs> I know. I know. All right, back to the replacements. Well, uh, what I want to know is how how do the replacements agree to this and not <laughs> screw this up? And I, if if you see all the talent that's involved in here, it's like a pretty big thing for them to be asked yeah. to do this. Because this was in this was in '88, so this was right before right before probably right when they were recording this. Don't tell a soul. Yeah, yeah. So I'm amazed they, they said yes to it. Well, uh, they apparently initially initially did it as a goof with tons of f bombs in it, and then were called back to record it. <laughs> they really at which did. time, <laughs> so you were totally spot on about that. <laughs> they are at this point starting to sort of approach sobriety a little bit, and uh, I think they uh, started to kind of. Just when it was really too late and they'd burnt every possible bridge they had available to them, they did start to uh, play a little bit with the record company. And I wonder, did they did they get to pick that song from a list, or did, were they given it? Because I that's a good question. Because it's kind of an interesting one to pick. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. Because all the other ones are kind of like the song from the yeah. movie, which I guess that is. But still, there's probably something else they could have picked, but. Yeah, they were like, oh, they're like, oh, hi-ho. No, Tom Waits already butchered oh. that. Maybe they just closed their eyes and like pointed at the page. Oh, we'll do yeah. this one. All right. We are off and running to, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I picked, uh, my second song is Asking Me Lies. Summer through a keyhole in the lunch box for three that one also reminded me of the goo goo dolls mm-hmm. yeah it does yeah. the production the, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And they had a they had a really good uh, mixing engineer on this album, Chris Lord. Oh, and she's like he's big, he's the real deal. So between him and Matt Wallace, good sounding record. Yeah, it's it's really like slick and eighties sounding, yeah. but sounds great. And like you listen to it now, and it still sounds great. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's eighties sounding, even though it was nineteen eighty nine. Yes. In a minute, grunge is going to come in and ruin music. Do you <laughs> do you have like the remastered versions of all of these and? With no, the bonus tracks and all that stuff. There's well, tons of. I, I should say I have them on Apple Music. Oh, okay, you know, okay, yeah. CD so. form. You don't buy CDs anymore. You're all about the Apple and the Spotify. Or do you do vinyl? No. Oh, yeah, are you a vinyl person? With the traveling, I'm sure it's easier. With <laughs> it's the, very, it's very easy to bring to take, my record collection. To take your uh, an album on the plane and set up your. Yeah. Can I plug in my close and play turntable? Could you imagine that? Could you, I have a phonograph. Like some some phonograph. What are those? Sir, do you keys? mind? Do you mind putting this the seat rest up so I can crank this? Some planes you can plug in. Could you imagine taking like like open? That would you, be you so could, funny. You could carry that on. Yep. And then and then you pull out your vinyl and you uh, just listen. They they'd have to add to the thing like no laptops, <laughs> record, record players. players. Could you imagine if you hit turbulence when you're listening to your, to your vinyl? Uh, excuse me, I'd like a refund because uh, you scratched my Paul Westerberg solo album with your turbulence. 
<laughs> I was almost going to say with that Cruella de Vil that that might have just been Paul Westerberg. And then, and they just call it, because that used to happen a lot. They would just call it, the, mm-hmm. eh, yeah, the replacements, but it's not really. It's just Paul. All right. Are we still on? Do, we, do you have another one? You do you think that was really mention? animal and they just called it Tom Waits? They just called it Tom <laughs> Animal. I like hi ho. <laughs> it makes me cough if I do that voice, but I like doing it. What's, uh, do you have another song off the I bar? have, uh, I do. I have off Don't Tell Us All. I do have track six now, which I talked about last time. So we'll, we'll do that one yeah, because that one wrong, is a little, played the wrong one. we need to kick it up a notch. No, you didn't play the wrong, I gave you the wrong cue. Um, but uh, let's kick it up a notch because this is the last sort of gasp of true punk inspired music before it all kind of. Kick it up a notch. Are we about to prepare a dish? <laughs> yep, Are we, we going to prepare a spicy it's food? It's get a little spicy in here. <laughs> what, is what happened? It just isn't. Yeah, there oh. we go. On the 2008 CD reissue of this album, one of the bonus tracks is a song called Date to Church uh, with Tom Waits. <laughs> so we, let me, give, me the, give me the thing. We got to hear that, right? Because sometimes it just comes together like this. Mm-hmm. Talking about Tom. They, they met at Disney. <laughs> Disney. <laughs> they, he was like, I loved your Cruella de Vil. Like, oh, we hated your we high hated what you did. And we like to sabotage ourselves. Would you like to be on our new record? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so I'm playing this from iTunes. So hopefully we're going to get to a part where they're singing with Tom Waits. Let me come out. One. Yeah, pull it out and put it back in. How dare you. Try it again. Oh, it's just iTunes. Oh, that's weird. They're like, no one's ever going to buy or listen to this. I'm bummed it's not. Here, I'll just look it up and we can just edit uh, it. I'm not going to edit this. <laughs> that's no fun. Editing's no fun. Kyle's looking up Date to Church. It's a bonus track on Don't Tell a Soul. We've been talking and making fun of Tom Waits, so now we're going to hear if what he sounds like when he sings with the replacements. Maybe they were thinking about replacing Westerberg with him. Jump ahead to Tom Waits. I'm 
I don't even hear him. If that's him in the background, he mm-hmm. sounds okay. Are you sure he's not the organ? Maybe he is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was it. That was very anticlimactic. I thought it was going to be like Westerberg and then... The <laughs> <laughs> it almost sounded like a, like a like kind of gospel-y, like yeah. big band. Yeah, date to church. Yeah, well, I guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Is okay. Tom Waits still like active? Is yeah, he still- unfortunately. Yeah, so you yeah. could go see him sometimes. He's in a lot of movies time. now. He is in a lot of movies. Let's see. Uh, let me see. Let me look and see what the most recent Tom Waits song I might have in my iTunes. Oh, it we came did. out last week. <laughs> is that true? No. No, I'm just being funny. What's the most recent thing I have is, looks like 99. Oh, he has. Let's try it. I mean, I know he has more recent stuff. Working on a stage musical, so that'll be listenable. (laughs) Maybe your kids will love that. (laughs) (laughs) This is called... Rowling Tom Waits. It's called House Where Nobody Lives. Let's see what this is like. I can't imagine why no one lives there. (laughs) It's your... It's your... It's my input. That's disappointing. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry, Carly. We're hijacking your episode. No, I I didn't. Well... Oh, I won't say I am enjoying the Tom Waits. I say I'm amused by the yes. Tom Waits. Yes, well, that's yeah. what we. That's why we play it. Yeah, <laughs> and and the and what's that? What's that mixer thing called that you got today? The the, the fed head. The fed head. Yeah, the fed. Yeah, head right should here. make him sound as as good as he could possibly yes. sound. But no, sadly, forward. no. No. All right, we're moving to all shook down. This is the final, the final replacements album. I'm reading that this was originally supposed to be a Paul Westerberg solo album. Mm-hmm. That's right. And then he started writing some songs and recording them. And then Tommy said, well, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to go help you out with that. And so he sort of joined Paul. But yes, this is effectively a Paul Westerberg solo album. And at this point, Slim Dunlap is just being paid like he's actually not getting any songwriting royalties. And he's just being paid as a sideman. He's getting paid in uh, Budweiser. He's being paid in (laughs) booze. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Ben Montench from the Tom Petty and Heartbreakers plays piano and organ. Charlie Drayton. Plays drums in a couple of songs. And uh, who produced this album? This is produced by Scott, Scott Litt. Litt. Yes. We said of, that together. Yes. Of REM fame. Yes, document. So did, like, as a fan, did you know that this was kind of like the end, basically, when it came out? Or like when news broke of what it was? Yeah, the, it, this was pretty well known um, okay. at the time. Like when All Shook Down came out, it, I mean, and also you listen to it, it sounds so different than their mm-hmm. other records. And everybody knows that the rest of the band is kind of checked out and they're moving in a different direction. And at this point, also, they'd had a disastrous uh, uh, stint trying to open up for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Okay. Where they've, <laughs> they've uh. alienated another, another cross section of America. You don't want to piss off Tom Petty. I, I know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Did. Initially, I, apparently, initially, like Tom Petty said, he liked their energy and he thought they were fun. And then, and then <laughs> after what a happened? couple of weeks of that, he's it, like, this he is got real sick of, it. Yeah, got sick of it. They like strike me as a band that would steal the set list of the band that they were opening for and then just play all those songs. Right, exactly. <laughs> we, uh, that's funny you should say that because when, when I did stand up, we, there were about a year and a half, two years, I did a college tour 
with my friend John Heffron, who went on to win Last Comic Standing and now lives a mile from me. But uh, <laughs> he never wanted to go first at these colleges because it was it was tough. Oh. And and he was real good, so we we usually let him go last. But one night I went out and did like all his like bits, a, a bits, and I came back and he was just like, dude why i'm like just have fun he's like this is gonna be terrible <laughs> does he remember that um i'll ask him I'll, i just uh, i'm supposed to have lunch with him this week so i'll ask him but uh, i'm sure he does because he was just like oh dude that's not good now he probably thinks it's funny i doubt it <laughs> <laughs> all right uh what do you think of this album cover kyle all shook down um i don't mind it I like that the all shook down is upside, upside down. down. There's just a couple of dogs on it. Yeah. It's all, I don't know if there was a lot of thought put into these album covers <laughs> or if there was no thought put it into them. It seems like they were just scrolling through, like they're just like flipping through pictures on yeah. like how about this? We're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take <laughs> we're gonna take one of these disposable cameras. We don't know what's on it. And we're just gonna see what happens. <laughs> we're just gonna see we're just gonna what the third picture is gonna be the album. All right, there we go. <laughs> Hey, and if it was nowadays, you'd go, let's just scroll through some public domain photos and pick one. Uh, like the please to meet me seems like the one with the most thought put into yes, it. Yes, yes. And then everything else. Yeah, this this could have been taken the same day the rooftop <laughs> yeah. roof picture. Yeah, hey, remember those dogs that we saw? <laughs> yeah. Do we have that somewhere? I think we do. Yeah. Yeah, check that out. What's the album called? Is the album called Dogs? No. no all shook down. It's all shook down. All shook dogs? No. No, no. All shook down. All dogs get shook? Nope. Are you teaching a dog how to shake hands? No. Is that why it's called They're just shook? standing. What if it was just like the other uh, Please to Meet Me, but it was two dog paws? <laughs> That'd be funny. That would be, not be too bad. Carla, you can laugh into the mic. It's okay. <laughs> um, okay, so what do, I, I have three songs off this album, and so do you. I would love it if we could play all six, if there's no crossover. Don't look. Wow. Okay. Let's just find out. Okay. Go ahead. Oh, you there go are for, only six songs on this album? No, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. She has three, and I have. Sorry, three. I was confused. I thought, I thought there were like only six. Songs. Like he was like, yeah, it's the last one, and uh, that one. Yeah, <laughs> we're fine. So you go first. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, how about my little problem? Now, you, now you're having problems. There we go. song got a duet there that's a little better than his duet with tom waits what are you doing messing with the cord just fixing this cord is the cord trying to do it uh discreetly is the cord fucked up but i brought it to your attention i brought it to everyone's attention (laughs) worldwide you think it's fixed you cleaned it off with your shirt that's like Mm -hmm. that's the equivalent of like banging on it <laughs> hey, the, the TV Indian, won't work. Slap the, the side of, it. of my shirt. No, I thought there might be some dust in the crevices or whatever. How, there might be more dust in the crevices of your shirt. You want to try it and see? It worked. Mm-hmm. You're a tech head. All right, I'm going to go with a song called When It Began. 
definitely sounds like Westerberg solo. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he did write all the songs. So when uh, Tommy Stinson came over to help him out, he wasn't helping him write. Hey, you think I could? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Well, I got a bridge for that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What if the melody? Ch- no. Chord change. Mm. Nope. Just play what's on the paper. <laughs> <laughs> play what's on the paper and then go to the fridge. There's alcohol oh. in there. <laughs> is Tommy drinking here? Is he done drinking? Tommy is taking. Tommy has cut it cut back cut way back he's cut way back on his drinking he's got a three-year-old wow uh, and uh, the band that he's been in almost in his entire life is about to break up and he's like 24 years old yep so all right it's uh it's tough times for tommy stins and that's why he wanted to go and uh because that's all he knows how to do because he pretty much dropped out of school when he was like 13 that sounds like an after school special tough times for tommy <laughs> and then when does when does Bob Stinson pass? Is it during this time or is it later? 95. Oh, okay. A couple years later. later. All right. Mm-hmm. Of drugs and alcohol. Yes. yes. When will rock stars learn? Do they think they're invincible? Like even with Tom Petty and with Prince yeah. taking pain medication, yeah. do they just think that they're invincible? I don't know, or maybe they are uh, self-medicating because it's what they do. Like I, I because mm-hmm. they they say like Tom Petty really struggled through that last tour, right? Like yeah, the Hollywood he had, like, Bowl he had like show, a they fractured had, like, hip. Yeah, they had to like drag him on off stage. Like as soon as he got off the stage, he was falling apart, right? So, we take him to the hospital, right? <laughs> I mean, don't let him go home and pop pain pills. Well, I, yeah, and I wonder if it's one of those things where they give them like the the hey you, you can't take this with this and this and they're like i've done everything else like yeah. th- this is prescribed to me it's not going to do you know now here's the thing though with, with, with i, I love take tom, two or three yeah. you know i love tom petty but whenever i would see tom petty he didn't really look like a healthy guy you know what i mean <laughs> fair point like when you see bruce springsteen yeah oh yeah he he's looks healthy amazing. he looks yeah. amazing he yeah. looks like like mick jagger looks healthy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. even keith richards now looks Healthy. Well, I don't know about that. He's, he's he smokes just, all the time. Yeah. Like to my knowledge, I don't think Bruce Springsteen ever smoked. Mm, I don't know. I don't never so. seen him. There's not a picture of him with a no. Yeah, one time uh, we were at uh, <laughs> Clarence Clemens bachelor party and we were at a strip club. It was called uh, well, I won't tell you because I don't want my I don't want Pat to know where I go <laughs> on a Sunday night. But I, I smoked a cigar that night, I took two puffs, that's it. <laughs> so I typed in Bruce Springsteen smoking <laughs> online. Yeah. And it just pictures of him like running and sitting on motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> just sitting on things that actually smoke. Yes. Yeah. All right. He's in a car. In a car. Yeah. So, so I'm in mean, a, a train. This is what it looks like he's smoking, but he's actually playing a harmonica. I'm in a steam engine. <laughs> and uh, I'm at a barbecue grill. <laughs> we're roasting a, we're, we're roasting a pig. <laughs> and uh, I'm right there. I'm I'm helping stoke the fire. <laughs> oh, that's a song. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Stoke that fire. Write that down. <laughs> All right. Uh, I hope we can play six songs. Let's find out what's your next song. Okay, we 
crossover. We did? When it began was a crossover. Oh, oh damn sorry, it. Sorry, man. Um, but I do have nobody as my honorable yeah, I don't have that. Heartaches on your wedding day. A double takes when they look my way. It's funny, very similar to uh, to their former bandmate, Soul Asylum. Like Soul Asylum was hardcore punk. Yes. And then they, you know, they became this other thing. This is very similar trajectory, except Soul Asylum seemed to still make people feel nice. <laughs> they knew how to play nice. Or, or was that like a tactic? They were just like, all right, send them the replacements and then we'll send them someone else who's way nicer and they'll just yeah. play them all yeah. the time. <laughs> exactly. Or did Soul Asylum say, hey, what happened to this replacements? They're a great band. What are they doing? Oh, okay, we're not oh, going to do that yeah. then. We'll do exactly the opposite of what they do. Uh, hey, that band, that station wouldn't play Soul Asylum? You know what? Send the replacements in there. <laughs> Have them break a few things. <laughs> That um, this album's really recorded unbelievably good. Is that a te- technical term? Yeah, unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. <laughs> I think it says that it's like it's like filmed in Technicolor, sound done by unbelievably good. So, what were the three songs you had from this album? Let me hear it again. So, I had my little problem when it began, and nobody. And I had my little problem, and when it began. Oh. But I also have torture. Okay. So let's hear torture. Million baby kisses from a kissing booth on wheels. The sound is pretty poison on the envelope she seals. And your love is far away, and he knows exactly how she feels. Who's torture? Who's torture? What new? You're climbing to your rocket ship and count from ten to one. There's no television coverage for that loser on the run. You hide yourself in darkness, but we're headed for the sun. Who's torture? Now, Carly, let me ask you something, because we're at the end of the episode. Mm. But we don't have a playout song. So what replacement song have we not played that you would like to play for the playout song? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. Let's do Hold My Life and from Tim. Hold My Life from Tim. Okay, I'm going to grab that song. And I'm, gonna, I'm doing a little fancy stuff. I'm putting it on a flash drive. Yeah, you're going to hand it over to me. Hand it right over to you. Because I got all the songs. <laughs> it's tech talk. Tech talk. I know. <laughs> Carly, how long are you in town for? I leave tomorrow. And when did you arrive? Uh, this morning. Wait a minute. You're in, you just, it's a one day business trip? Yeah, I'm going to a conference tomorrow. Yeah. Where's the conference? It's at the California Club. So it's a few blocks from my hotel. 
and I'm going to jump in a, you know, because, you know, you got to get home to the kiddos yeah. if you're not mm-hmm. going to Africa or something. So, uh, yeah, I'm doing one night away. So I'm going, I'm going to get home late tomorrow night. That's a whirlwind trip. And it, well, you must have you packed know, extremely light for this. Extremely light for this. But I guess you you only flying to Denver, so that's what, like three hour flight? Yeah, yeah it's, it's easy. It was actually kind of funny because there was, I had a weird thing happen on my flight this morning. There was three people sitting around me who at some point disconnected their headphones and I got to hear what they were watching on their uh, phones, which was kind of hilarious. What were they, what was the, what were they watching? One person was watching a home improvement show very loudly. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think you meant like (laughs) home improvement. Home improvement with Tim Allen. Allen. (laughs) Disconnected. You're like, (laughs) and somebody had to call the flight attendant to come over and tell that person that they unplugged their. Oh, they were like, were they asleep or just totally? Totally unaware. Totally unaware. Because you know you can pull your you can pull your um your cord out and you still hear something. Yeah. Right. See, yeah. I pulled my cord out once in a plane. I got in trouble. Really? <laughs> <laughs> you got kicked off. I was making a bad joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else did people? Did you hear people? Oh, people! Uh, somebody was watching uh, today the, the the CNN press conference at like peak volume, and then <laughs> some other lady was like watching a movie. It was like a Lifetime movie. Uh, so yeah, oh it was God. it was like yeah, I, he doesn't love me anymore, whatever type <laughs> deal, and it was very loud too. I always pick the worst thing to watch on a plane. Like I'm like, uh, I haven't seen Game of Thrones. I'll put a couple, of, and then I'm like, and then like people are like. Just like just like going at it, and I'm just like, oh boy, oh boy, this was wrong. <laughs> They've got they, a Sesame Street of that right now, Game of Chairs. Oh, I think I did <laughs> see that. that? Yeah, it's so cute. My son yeah. loves it. One's like a sports chair or yes. something, and then one's like, and it's like musical chairs, but they look like one looks like uh, Dinklage. Yeah, like and who's the other one look like? Cersei. There is a Cersei, and there's a Dinklage, and there might be a Jon Snow, and then Grover is someone I think. And there's a King Joffrey, and at one point, one of oh, yes, says, that's... I have to go to a wedding. Yeah. Does, uh, is Elmo still on Sesame Street? Yeah. But Kevin Clash doesn't do the voice I anymore. I don't know. He doesn't. I don't think so. Does he still sound the same? Yeah. What if they change his voice? Elmo. It's Tom Waits. I'm Elmo. I'm Elmo. Elmo won't go home. What is the next show you got coming up? What are you going to go see? Oh, gosh. Uh, well... Um, let me think about this. Oh, I'm going to go see Bauhaus. Wow. Yeah. I didn't know they still toured. They are touring with Peter Murphy and David Jay for the first time in a while. Wow. That's yeah. going to be cool. And you've never seen them before? I've seen David Jay before. But not Bauhaus. But not Bauhaus. I saw Peter Murphy at a Nine Inch Nails show. He came and sang two songs. Really? Wow. Yeah. just brought him up? Yeah. Because they bring up their influences sometimes. Yeah, it's like, like Gary I've seen Newman. Gary Newman twice with them. But he never sang Cars when you saw them, did he? No. Oh, that stinks. Uh, yeah, and then I saw Peter Murphy. And any other shows coming up? Uh, let's see. That's all I've, you know, four Destination U2 shows this year. I've kind wow. of, yeah, I can't mm-hmm. really get away with doing too much more this year. How did the new tour with the new album compare with the tour from the last album which because i love that tour but i didn't yeah. go to the most recent tour yeah so it's is it they said it was for the committed fans it was a really beautiful tour okay. um but it's, it had six songs from the new record on it so i mean you really had to be into the new record i don't mind that though i mean yeah. i know i know when i go see you too that they're gonna they're, they're gonna play the new record yeah so i think you would enjoy that then but they didn't do any joshua tree songs because they did the big joshua tree tour in 2017 right. mm-hmm. 
and you know it really is the arc of the story about the songs of experience with Bono kind of going back home at the end um but I mean I think there were moments that were just transcendent on this tour particularly Lights of Home which you know he had a brush with mortality talks mm-hmm. about that is that um, when he fell off a bike yeah no no <laughs> well he's had several uh no he he was on an airplane where I think the door fell off and he oh. almost was sucked out of it what? yeah and then there's also like a brain scan that's put up on a screen and um we're not exactly sure what that was, but that was also a brush with mortality. And there's like an MRI sound. Yeah. Now let's put it in perspective. You were on a plane today where some people's headphones popped out. <laughs> he was on a plane where the door fell off. A <laughs> little bit different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, everybody. The door just fell off. So we're gonna we're gonna keep going. We're gonna drop down to about uh, we're gonna drop down about ten thousand feet. We should be all right. <laughs> we're gonna drop down to four feet. Uh, which album did you like better? Songs of Innocence or Songs of, Inspir- of Experience? Yeah, so I like Songs of Experience better because I like The Blackout, I like Lights of Home, but you know, I have revisited Songs of Innocence since this new tour happened and I I've come back and I like it a lot more than I used to. Yeah, I love Songs of Innocence. I'm going to have to revisit Songs of Experience. I like it, but I didn't I didn't love, like Songs of uh, Innocence. I love The Miracle of Joey Ramone, mm-hmm. Every Breaking Wave, yeah. Raised by Wolves. I mean, mm-hmm. I just I love it. Yeah. But I will, I will have to give uh, Experience another world. Yeah, I think I think you give it another world, and also if you there they did a lot of remixes as well. Mm-hmm. So some people like the remix tracks more than they like the originals. I have those remixes too. <laughs> I got those extended. What, I got stuff. What is your favorite venue in Denver to see an artist? The Gothic Theater, no question. It's a small theater. I saw Liam Gallagher there after getting screwed out of Oasis like twice. Not many, you know, <laughs> them canceling shows. I don't know what it is. I I guess I just like these. I, I love you too, but then all these other bands that like don't <laughs> disenfranchise their audiences. But um, I saw Liam Gallagher there um, recently and he was fantastic. So you two will never let you down. You two will never let their fans down. No. And do you think if God forbid one of the members of you two passed that isn't Bono, do you think then you two ceases to exist or do you think they would continue? It's a great question. I think they'd cease to exist because they share everything equally four ways. It's one of the reasons why they're still together. Yeah. And that's how it years. should be. I mean, if you really want to. Yeah. But then you have to, but then you have the person that's like, well, you know, Larry doesn't really write any songs. <laughs> why are we giving. The Edge can't remember his parts. parts. <laughs> he can't even remember his name. We have to call him The Edge. Uh, well, Carly, thank you so much for supporting the show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for uh, your nice emails. And uh, uh, I love when the listeners come here. And I hope that you, that you got a good listener's experience. Absolutely. It's it fantastic. Was, uh, now, some, some listeners take advantage of us, and they pick bands like uh, Beach Boys, who have uh, 49 <laughs> albums. That was so a we're long here, one. So we're here for, you know. For, but uh, I was a little concerned. I'm like, oh, uh, replacements don't have a lot of albums. I hope that uh, Carly's getting... Uh, getting out of this what she wants to get out of this. So so uh, I had a great time. And I, I'll tell you what, in past uh, shows and stuff, I would say that I wasn't really into the replacements. But getting ready for this show kind of turned me around a little bit. Oh, and those great. last albums really, I was really digging. Oh, so, that's um, great. So now I got to revisit all the albums all over again. Got to pick my songs. Got to pick your songs. Got to pick my right? songs. So, uh, Safe Travels back. Thank you. And let's do some promoting. Are you on Twitter? You are. I am on Twitter. You are at? I am at Big Swinging, big swinging Lips. Big Swinging Lips. And where's <laughs> that come from? It's a riff on Big Swinging Dicks because I work with a bunch of dudes. 
<laughs> it's a but little, you it's but a little you, juvenile. But you, went, but you, went with, you could have went with you could have went with hips, but you went with lips. <laughs> I could have. Your that's lips like don't too really. Shakira. That's too Shakira. No, that's true. Yeah. So. So at big swinging lips. Dot com. Dot, or no, 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 sorry, dot, Twitter. On Twitter. And then, uh, but my the better place to find me is at Denver Fencing Center. Denver Fencing Center. That's my yeah. That's the business my husband and I own. And that's a Twitter at Denver Fencing Center. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm. And there's a website for that. There is a website for that. People can go. They can come. They can fence. All right. Check it out. Denver Fencing Center. That's cool. Do you fence? Yeah. Or, yeah do you fence? Uh, before I had kids, I fenced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what? Now you can't fence because you've had children. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they're just running around. Yeah. I don't have time. You don't have time between my mm-hmm. concert going and the three kids and the and, and the work. It's very tough. Hey, if you like to fence, never have kids because once you have kids, forget it. Your fencing game is done. done. What's your What's your husband's expertise? Is it foil, epee, saber? I guess all three. Ooh, if he teaches, I guess them. killing very, people. Very be killing people. Yeah, I took fencing for a year. Yeah. He teaches all three weapons, but okay. uh, foil is his first love. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Epe. Yeah, Epe was my it's thing. It's just, it, but there's not a lot of strategy just, to like, it. You just poke someone in the toe. <laughs> it it's is. like whoever's like it arm is. is longer. Yes. Yeah. Could we talk about something I know <laughs> something about? I don't know what, what's the, what's the thing they wear in the a face mask? called? It's called, it's called a mask. I think so, right? A face mask? There's got to be a. It's called a mask. There's yeah. got to be a better name for it than that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we our marketing could use some improvement as a sport. Yeah. You know, you know, fencing. You've seen a James Bond movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Madonna fences. Madonna fences. That's right. <laughs> what was her technique like? Probably not good. It, it wasn't great. No, but she looked amazing. That was like a John Paul Gaultier designed fencing outfit, very bondagey. <laughs> of course it was. Yes. Of yes. course it was. All right. And then they also throw a sword. They do. And it sticks in a wall, which would never, never, never happen. happen. <laughs> never happen. Because it has a button on the end. Right. Uh, and it's hooked up into you normally. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, Kyle, you're at Kyle Dotson. I am. We're at Rock Solid. Or Kyle Dotson Fencing. That's not <laughs> <Sorry>. true. <laughs> uh, I'm at Pat underscore Francis. We're at Rock Solid Show. Go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about us. Patreon page, t-shirts, episodes, all that good stuff. Uh, thank you to Fethead, uh, Triton Audio with the Fethead. Uh, this is our first time using it. We like it. Yeah, that sounds great. Go get a fat head. Mm-hmm. Not a fat head. Yeah, that's something that sticks on your wall with a sports star on it. Right. This is a fat head. Mm-hmm. Carly, I'm going to leave it to you to introduce, once again, the playoff song. All right. Thank you very much. Here's Hold My Life. Thank you for being here. Thank yes. you. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs>